0: Hey, guys, I'm Eric McLean.
1: And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast presented by Ingles, the official supermarket of Gramlich and McLean. Officially Uh, official. Mac, we are talking Georgia Tech today with Roddy Jones, who has, we'd have to go count. I would have to go look back. He's got to be near the top of appearances on this podcast. And I'm bummed that we don't have that, but I'm going to say four or five. And he, he's a great friend of the program and a great yellow jacket. That's
0: right. And, and just a great, you know, football. Analyst. I mean, this guy can, he can break it down. Yes. He can break it down. It's so fun. Anytime uh, we talk about Roddy, it, it, it has been funny these last couple times. It has been all about the jackets. We need yeah. to get him on for more than that. Because uh, he can he can do more, but his insight about Georgia Tech is unmatched, and, and really loved you know some things he said about the program, the direction, and specifically about Coach Key. You guys are going to really appreciate you know the different viewpoints that that an alumni that played there and you know had great success has of where he is and, and the things that Coach Key is doing. So that was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that combo and and just what he thinks Georgia Tech can can get better at. Uh, to make 2024 a more successful season. So, real quick, before we jump into the interview, here's a message from our friends over at Ingalls.
2: Did you know Ingalls only sells USDA choice and prime cuts of meat? Maybe it's time to reward yourself. Our butchers cut all our meat fresh in the store every day grass fed, organic, you name it. Not only that, we'll even cut it to order just the way you like it. And we grind meat fresh in the store multiple times a day. It's all in the bag. That's the best meat in town for the best folks in town. Ingalls, low prices, love the savings.
0: Roddy Jones, my man, welcome in. It's good to see you. It's good that this happened because I canceled. We had to move some stuff around. You had to move some stuff around. And and finally, we landed and we're here in the episode. KG did hit record, so we're good to go. Welcome (laughs) back to the show, brother. It's great to see you.
2: It is great to see you guys, too. I even broke out my oldest Georgia Tech hoodie. Um, yes. So you guys can't tell the age of this, but I got this hoodie when I committed to Georgia Tech in 2006. So this wow. thing's been with me for a minute. So it's my, my lucky gosh. hoodie. I what put brand it on for is this that?
0: Episode. Is that Russell? Is that Russell brand? What uh, is it? it is,
2: it's I don't even know. Is that Champion? What is that? What, <laughs> what is, that, is C? that? I think it's don't Champion. Know. I don't know. don't know.
0: I don't know. They probably
2: don't even make it anymore.
0: It's retro. Wow. It's super cool. Um, Here's the interesting thing about Georgia Tech swag. As you see, I'm not wearing any. Uh, when we went to Atlanta, uh, when they were playing North Carolina, you know, hit up coach said, Hey, you know, can I get a workout in? He was like, absolutely. Come on in. I'll be in meetings. I I can't come down, whatever, but go in there. So I go lifting. I'm wearing my stuff that I got a couple of years ago,
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: wearing my stuff. And someone comes in there and they're like, Oh, you can't wear that. And I'm like, am I wearing a Clemson? And, uh, you know, they're like, "I I don't even remember what it was, but they're like, you can't wear that anymore. So I text coach right away. Yo, I need some new stuff. He said, I got you, whatever. I need to follow up on that because the care package has not gotten here yet. Uh, but anyway, we, we have to get our stuff right when we go in there. It might have been Russell. That's probably what it was. Wrong branding. Yeah. If yeah. Adidas walks in, it's like game over. They're like, shut right. this. Shut this down. Um, but they won that game. And they won that game. And it started a back-to-back. Something that did not happen the entire year except for those two games. And that's kind of where I want to start, man, because this team – They just feel like they're that close. And it was fun watching them. They played a very exciting, you know, kind of style of football, a lot of points, running the ball when they need to. What'd you think of Georgia Tech in 23? Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting
2: year. Obviously, going six and uh, going seven and six uh, overall, six and seven in the regular season is a big win for, for Brent Key. And look, like this is a team that if you that really should have been like results on the field. Um, you know, taking all other things out of out of play Uh, should have been five and seven during the regular season with a Miami knee Mm -hmm. and yet took advantage of a situation where Miami doesn't do the right thing and goes down and scores and it ends up seven and six. But how different is that? Like, that's why, you know, when these decisions happen, it changes the fortunes of so many. Obviously, it changed Miami's fortune, but it also changed Georgia Tech's pretty significantly. So so uh, like I think that, that when you look at the season, the fact that they were able to get to seven wins, it's sort of a proof of concept for Brent Key. And the way that it happened was a little bit different than we expected. Like, when we had conversations about this team before the season, I was encouraged about the defense. I knew they had a lot to replace defensively, but I thought they would be a lot better defensively, especially earlier than they were offensively. And then, obviously, they go through the season. They demote Andrew Thacker. or They take away his play calling duties. Kevin Shearer gets the job. And they get like uh, they get better. They start providing some resistance. But it was never a defensive ball club. Uh, it was always a team that had to win by doing the right things, not turning the ball over, playing really good on offense, running the football. And so ultimately, I think you saw steps taken in this program and, and getting to seven wins is huge. It's huge.
1: It is massive. And I know the Miami game comes to mind. The Bowling Green game also comes to mind because that's yeah. a game that they should have won. So, you know, the, it may be that or should not. Should, they didn't play well, but. theoretically a game that they should have won so maybe that balances out in some crazy way shape or form and like you you go
2: back to even even go back to the louisville game kg like they're leading they're up against louisville by double digits yeah dominating and louisville just storms back and that's the first game of the year but 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 it's a great point by you because there's a lot of instances during the year where you can point out and say you know we're close here we're close there and really Clemson's the game that sort of stands out is Mm. the one like that score is closer than it was. And I think it ended up like 42 to 42 to 21. Um, And and Georgia didn't ever feel like a game, but you're within sort of striking distance. Those are really the only two games where you felt like, man, Georgia tech and and Ole Miss got got completely outclassed. Um, Even the Boston college game, like it was a game that Georgia tech didn't play well, but still kind of hanging around in that game. So yeah, it's it's very much a sort of, you see what you want to see.
1: And an overall, way way more competitive product and year for sure and then of course the seven wins Rodney, very quickly before we get back to this season do you feel as georgia tech has transitioned from wrestle athletic to adidas that you can live a better life like that you can go to dinner parties and and say i went to georgia tech and it just helps in that regard
2: um no because people <laughs> s- still bring up like oh you went to georgia tech when? and i tell them when i got done i got done in 2011 they're like you guys were, you guys were Russell then, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So like, and like, I pull out my like, if if there's ever an instance where I pull out an old jersey, it's like seven feet long, yes. it's the thickest material ever. It's just not great. It's so no, I'm a little scarred. I'm very jealous, very jealous. Yes. Um. So yeah, that's the okay. Example I was just
1: everything. wondering. Um. But you know, I am glad that Georgia Tech's moving in the right direction, and I do think the gear these days looks very, very good. But overall, Roddy Haynes King. Coming in from Texas A&M, a great pickup for Georgia Tech, a guy who was a super highly rated recruit and all that. And he puts together a season that numbers wise, also just when you watched him play, super impressive. Not really what you saw at A&M. So what does that say? You talk about proof of concept. What does that say about Georgia Tech, how they developed him, saw him, wanted him, developed him? And then what do you think he can do for an encore next year?
2: I think Georgia Tech did a phenomenal job. That coaching staff did a phenomenal job with Haynes King. Um, we, we saw flashes at Texas A&M. It was never consistent. And I think some of that is inconsistency around the quarterback position. He had some injuries, which definitely hurt him, but he won that job multiple times. So the fact that he was able to do that with, with different guys coming in sort of shows you the level of play, Moxie, the knowledge that he has. Uh, but there was such instability around him that I think it hurt him at Texas AM. And even though there was a quarterback competition going in at Georgia Tech, there was incredible stability. Like every practice I went to, he took the first snaps. And I think internally there was, um, they, they instilled in him a belief that he was going to be the guy without ever announcing him the guy. Brent Key mm-hmm. told me mm-hmm. in spring practice, like yeah. Hanks King's our guy. Like, we're going to continue this thing, and something could happen. Zach Pyron deserves it. Zach Pyron's been very good in practice. I went to practice, and I thought, I went to probably two or three between spring and summer, and I thought Zach Pyron I was like, that's the guy. And they're like, no, 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 no. Trust me. Haynes King is the guy. And so I think that sort of belief internally helped him. Chris Winkie did a phenomenal job um, developing him as a passer and, and helping him learn this offense as quickly as he did. And I thought Buster Faulkner did a phenomenal job of playing to Haynes King's strengths, especially early in the year, With before they figured out who the playmakers were, when they were still trying to figure out who they were going to be offensively. They would move Haynes King a lot, and that was during, really, the, the, the entirety of the season. They used his legs, especially late in the year, very effectively. I mean, look at the UCF game, where they ran the ball 27 times in a row. Haynes King's toting it right and left. So I just think there was a belief in him, a system that fit him. And they developed some players around him. Um, because when they could when they could protect, which they had issues with that at times, uh, probably more often than not, which is why they had to move him around so much, um, when they could protect him, he was as good as any quarterback in the league. Maybe okay. other than Drake May when he was really hot. Sure. But everybody else, like Haynes King, was playing that well.
0: Yeah, I, I remember we're sitting at, at maybe the midway point or, or a little even after, and I'm kind of going through my QBs, and I'm like, dude, Haynes King is is top three. I mean, this yeah. guy is making – moves and, and really throwing the ball well and running this offense to a T and you know what's what's fascinating and, and exciting you know to me is what does that look like in year two with him you know when you have these pieces coming back you have you know Jamal Haynes Eric Singleton Jr like these guys coming back and, and you have this you know three-headed monster essentially wh- where's the growth does it equate to wins Is does it, does it equate to you know more efficiencies better efficiencies and a, a higher You know, paced offense. You know, what does that mean? What does it look like? And I think that's what I'm I'm excited to see when you look at at kind of you know Jamal Haynes, Eric Singleton Jr., Roddy. To you, not that I don't want to say more important, but that's kind of what I'm getting at. Who do who did you like? Hey, GT, you got to have this guy come back. Georgia Tech, we need this player. Whatever it takes to get him back
2: yeah it was it was eric singleton jr to me right. Jamal haynes is really really good, and I think there's a a lot a big step that he can take um and i think there's a big step that that Haynes king can take too but but eric singleton jr like the step that he could take puts him in in rare air um if he develops both an attitude and consistency and the 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 attitude is it's not it's not a you know, I am good enough sort of deal. It's not a confidence. It's an attitude of knowing how good you are and not settling for anything less. I I said, you know, I pointed to the Clemson game as a game that, um, you know, Georgia Tech was, was a distance away from Clemson. That game's completely different. If on the first drive, Eric Singleton Jr. catches a contested post down the seam, he might score, but they're inside, I think they're inside the five, certainly the 10, if he catches that ball completely different ballgame. You know, how does Clemson then respond to playing from behind instead of Georgia Tech having to play from behind uh, with an offense that at that time was struggling? So, you know, how does that how does that happen? There were some other drops that happened over the course of the year. So I just think there's a natural step that happens in consistency and an attitude of realizing, hey, I am this good and I cannot settle for anything less, which helps him become that. I saw it with Demarius Thomas, like he realized, oh, I'm really good. Mm-hmm. And then like the second half of that, of, of 2008, he realized, oh, if I, if I believe it and if I can, can hold myself to that standard, there's no one in the world that can cover me. And he ends up being a first round pick. He was unbelievable in 2009. So, so that sort of step, he's not the same receiver, but, but from a speed standpoint, you know, I think he could be what, what North Carolina sort of hoped Tez Walker would be. Jamal Haynes has a step to take. Like this is a guy that was a receiver a couple of years ago. Um, he's got a step to take as a running back. And I think, you know, just feel he's a very natural runner with the ball in his hands. But I think from a feel standpoint, you know, there's growth to be had there. And Kelly, you asked about Haynes King in year two mm. uh, next year. And, and as a bad guest, I didn't answer the question. <laughs> but, but I do think that if, if, you know, there are some accuracy and decision making things with Haynes King. I thought he, um, I keep going back to the Clemson game. Uh, But I thought that game was probably the one that got away from him a little bit from a decision making standpoint, although not all those interceptions were his fault. Uh, But I do think from a decision making standpoint, there's a small step to take. I think from an accuracy accuracy standpoint, there's a small step to take. But if they're better around him, it will allow him to take a massive step. Like, I don't think it's all him personally getting better. I think some of it is. But I think if they're able to protect him better, you get more consistency out of Eric Singleton Jr. You get more consistency out of uh out of out of justice haynes and i think this offense could be one of the best in the league next year.
1: yeah i I think as a collective if they all take that step forward it could be really interesting and roddy i was a bad host and asked you like seven questions in one question so don't worry (laughs) all all is
2: well i I do it to you all the time when we have you on
1: (laughs) well you mentioned when you were going to spring practice and things like that you thought maybe this team would have a little bit more of a defensive identity Not sure that that really happened. I have uh, some of the numbers that we could talk about here. Georgia Tech, 13th in the ACC in scoring defense, last in total defense, gave up over 430 yards per game. We all kind of know the situation there with Georgia Tech's defense. Roddy, what is step number one to getting that in a better place for 2024?
2: I think first and foremost, so Tyler Santucci, uh, they finally announced him as defensive coordinator about a week and a half ago. Uh, I love that hire uh, because of what he was able to do with Duke's defense. And, and I love it for Tyler Santucci because he gets to call a defense out from under the shadow of Mike Elko, which mm. means you get the credit. Like mm. when Duke's defense was good, we gave Mike Elko the credit. Defensive coach, you know, they've been great, all that stuff. Well, when now when Georgia Tech defense is good, it, it's going to be all Tyler Santucci. So I really like that. I love the way the linebackers at Duke played last year. The 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 step that they took, I think, is what Georgia Tech can aspire to because I, I do think they they would help Um they would their defense would be helped by being a little more athletic at linebacker, which is interesting because two years ago with AC Ely and um and Charlie Thomas, they were as athletic a uh, linebacking group as there was in the ACC and maybe not as good in the box. I thought this year they kind of got exposed with some perimeter runs, although there was a lot that that they struggled with, so I think first and foremost, I, th- I would look at the linebacker position. I, I thought Kyle Leaford ended up being a pretty solid uh, a pretty solid linebacker, very good tackler. Uh, getting there is sort of the issue, um, so I think that position could be shored up some. Uh, we say it every year, but like getting a pass rush with Georgia Tech has been an issue for a while. Um, they weren't able to do it. They weren't really able to manufacture pressure. Some of that because of the lack of athleticism at linebacker. They weren't as good blitzing last year. So I think just figuring out what fits the best. They had to go through the transition mid-year. I thought that 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 helped in some areas, but also probably didn't put them as far al- as far along in the understanding of the defense as they would have been had they kept it. Not saying it was a bad thing. It just is a side effect of it. Um, so I think all of that plays into it, but, but there's issues to address at all three levels, certainly.
0: And the the good thing is again, now that you have your staff and you feel good about where you are, there's going to be another transfer portal window opening. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, just fascinating who adds, how do you add, what addresses, you know, kind of problems that you have. Can you address right there and, and get it going? And you have that, you know, free agency window that it's not just, Hey, we're bringing in these guys, we got to develop them you know, it's going to take time, you kind of have that instant access. So I will be fascinated to see that as well. Uh, before we move on to, to 24 and maybe what this team can look like and maybe even look at the schedule a little bit right here, I know we don't have dates quite yet, but we will, uh, you know, soon enough, and we can talk about those too. Um, I do want to talk about Coach Key a little bit more because, I mean, it, it's it's hard to look at a place and think of a perfect guy for a job more qualified than him, having played there, been a captain there, Understanding the the political side of it, the school side of it, and still saying we're going to be a successful football team, and quite frankly, how much he loves those dudes. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things, Rodney. Right, that every time that we're there, the huddle's there. It's like my job to to really get him to to talk about it from you know a, a, a pull the shell back, if you will. And he's good at it. He's good at keeping that guard up. He's going to tell you you know kind of coach stuff. But the the times that we've been in that locker room with the cameras, and you see the just the raw emotions and the love that he has, you know, for Georgia tech and these players as an alum, that has to be pretty cool that you have that guy in place.
2: It really is, man. And I think to really know coach key, you almost have to think back to his offensive line coaching days, because that's when he could like, there was no filter. There was no bridle. Like it was just pure passion at all times. A lot of expletives, but pure passion at all times, and, and that sort of lets you know what the fire is burning underneath. Like, you, you know, I I say it about Florida State all the time with Mike Norvell. Like, you see Mike Norvell in 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 the the media and in public settings, but then you see Mike Norvell at practice, and, and that's when you know, like, oh, this is the guy that they play for. This is the guy that they see. And it's the same thing with Coach Key. You know, behind closed doors, as you've seen him, like he is a he is an incredibly passionate incredibly caring person to the point of like he gets emotional when he talks about georgia tech and what it means to him so so yeah like sometimes places some some people are really good at, at identifying what makes a place unique what makes a place special and then taps into that and i feel like when you can tap into that you you can unlock the potential of a place georgia tech's an interesting one because paul johnson sort of did with parts of it the underdog mentality the sort of us against the world deal that you have to have when you deal with you know your neighbor 60 miles to the northeast is a is a national power and everybody in the state loves them there's sort of that that underdog little brother mentality that comes with being at georgia tech I, I i didn't know if jeff collins ever resonated with that and there were some other issues there but but, but like i i thought the the showiness um that's not who georgia tech is georgia tech is about Hey, look, we're going to go out and prove it to you. And, and, and sometimes you need a guy that just understands that to help unlock the potential of a place quicker because nothing that he's selling is inauthentic. It's all authentic mm-hmm. and it's all true to the place where he's at.
1: That's really well said because I've never really thought about it that way. Nothing against Jeff Collins. And he's, he's back in the ACC, by the way, yes, over he is. At, in Chapel Hill, mm-hmm. but like and at, Roddy, do not be offended. Georgia tech fans do not be offended. Don't try to make Georgia tech cool. Right. Let's let's right. not. Okay. <laughs> let's not make it this. I agree.
2: We're. I want. I'm not offended right, at like, all. We're this like it.
1: swaggy program. Like we're from Atlanta. We go to Waffles. No, no, no. Let's be Georgia Tech. Let's tap into what makes us great. Let's tap into maybe the cerebral side. Let's tap into. We want to get some guys that come in here who feel like they're overlooked, who are going to prove it. That that's what I think you got to tap into if you're Georgia Tech, and I meant that in the least offensive way possible.
2: <laughs> no, I. I, I that's. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, it has to be authentic. Yeah. Like, there is nothing. The, the, the coolest thing about Georgia Tech is, like, the technology part of it. But all the people who work on the technology are the people, like, that, that athletes make the fun nerds. of. You know, it's the smart people. It's the nerds. We're going
1: to end up doing the best in life, by the way. Let's be real.
2: Agreed. And believe me, like, we're to the point now where you're starting to see, like, oh, yeah, that's why you're a mechanical yes. engineering major. Got it. But, but. There, there is an authenticity and something to tap into there with Georgia tech when you're not trying to be what you're not right. like Georgia tech is not um, you know, it's not, it's not sometimes it's tried to be, it's tried to, to integrate its brand with Atlanta right. and Atlanta is a very different vibe. The city <laughs> is great. And yes, you should tap into some of yes. that, but like, you know, rappers on the sideline at Georgia tech is probably not going to happen a whole lot. It could like, it could, but like, quavo's a georgia fan like let's let's just let it happen you know quavo come over and bro that's come okay on. it's okay it's fine it's fine you know we'll take uh, we'll take we'll take other people ludicrous he's, he's, he shows up on yeah,
1: games, yeah yeah We'll take roddy jones come on now okay speaking of being cool though i do think it's cool that georgia tech's playing in ireland to start the season. Yeah,
2: very good Irish accent thank you, there.
1: Thank you so much. Um, I just think that's cool. Now, of course, you look at, we don't have the dates, which the dates might be out, Mac, when this episode comes up. But we don't have them right now as we're recording. And we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Uh, it, stop me if you heard this before. Georgia Tech's schedule looks very challenging this yeah. upcoming year. Let's just name the names they got. Florida State and, in Dublin. Notre Dame. Georgia. They've got Virginia Tech. North Carolina, both those on the road. NC State, Miami, Duke at home. They're at Louisville. They're at Syracuse. Like I I just I see Georgia State, VMI, and Syracuse as teams you're definitely better than, but you're at Syracuse. Like this schedule's brutal, Roddy.
2: Yeah, it's it it feels like it's every year. Well, it is every year because you because you always well well the thing is like before this year you always got Clemson, you always got Georgia, and then occasionally Notre Dame pops on the schedule. They they. Uh, Went through a phase where they were scheduling uh, SEC schools. Once upon a time, it was Vanderbilt. Uh, Then it sort of evolved into Tennessee and Ole Miss, which like coincided right as Ole Miss got good, phenomenal. Of course, of course Um, it did. But but like this was the year that sort of Georgia Tech fans were kind of looking at when the schedule, when the when the structure came out. A lot of people were upset about Clemson falling off the schedule, I included. But um, there was also like sort of a light, like hey. We don't get Clemson next yeah. year. This could be a good thing. Let's just pop in Notre Dame to that spot sure, and then sure. you to then you get Florida State and Miami and NC State, three teams that I think will be very good. Who knows what Carolina's going to be, but I think they'll sure. be good. Louisville's probably going to be good. So, yeah, the schedule's brutal. Um, and and we'll see what happens from a date standpoint. They definitely open with Florida State. They come no. back and and some schools will take that next week off because you get an extra bye week if you play in week zero like they're gonna do in Ireland but uh, they are not doing yeah, that. They're going to play Georgia state the next week, um, which is not an easy game. <laughs> like Georgia state's a good mm-hmm. Sunbelt squad and they'll be fired up. I think it's their, I think it, it'll, it's their first game of the year. So hopefully you get some of that, but I, I don't know. Yeah. The the schedule's brutal. It's no excuse, but I do want to start to tell people like, it's probably the toughest schedule in the league.
0: Yeah. Right. It, it, I'm, I'm sure that's how it's going to work out. How do you feel about, uh, you know Georgia Tech ducking SMU, Stanford, and Cal in the <laughs> that, first year—that that too, bro. Like, I I hate it. I hate it. For but, Georgia you know it's Tech. funny. Like right as I right as we were about to go into this, I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, oh, this is old. Like this is not updated <laughs> with Cal, Stanford, and SMU being it. But it it is. They, they're ducking them. What the heck?
2: I have I have consistently said uh, <laughs> the teams that won in the schedule the ones that got multiple of those. Yeah, not and some of it's because they're they're not great. Although Cal was 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 probably uh, SMU's SMU is very good. Yeah. Cal competed. Stanford was bad. Yeah. Um, but the travel for Stanford and Cal is going to be tough. Um, and and SMU is going to have to deal with the adjustment up. Will that does that mean they'll be as bad as as Houston, Cincinnati, sure. uh, UCF, and and uh, and BYU? Probably not. Like I think they'll have more success than those. But those four schools. All had to go through an adjustment Mm -hmm. period, and I thought UCF and BYU were actually pretty prepared for it. Cincinnati was always going to have to retool. Um, and and then Houston wasn't great either way. But 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 missing those schools, I think, is a loss for Georgia Tech. Hmm. Like you would have wanted at least one of those.
1: Are you going to Ireland? I get it. (laughs) I don't
2: think so. I don't think so. So we did have a week zero game last year. Roy Philpot and I FCS kickoff in beautiful Montgomery, Alabama. Uh yeah, Roy Roy's probably very popular on this podcast.
1: Big Roy fans
2: <laughs> over here. <laughs> Big Roy fans, I am too. The um, but but we were in Montgomery last year, so uh, maybe we'll be in Montgomery again and have to pass up the Ireland uh, <laughs> <laughs> trip.
0: I don't know about that. Man. Let's trade. We'll wheel and deal. We'll get some yeah, stuff happening. Yeah, All yeah. right, real quick before we get get you out of here, appreciative of of your time. Uh, Georgia Tech has to do what if there's one, two, three things to be better than they were in '23. This coming season what is that they
2: have to play the run much better um first and foremost i thought and especially a lot of the stuff where um you know some of the outside zone stuff where they were made to run they struggled with that last year so they gotta they gotta play the run much better and i think that has that defense take a big step forward two is protecting king consistently in the drop back pass game like that i think is another way the offense can grow pretty significantly um, it just was not consistent throughout the season, and it was the tackles in particular I thought that, that sort of let them down more often than not. Now they did have some injuries out there. Jordan Williams was banged up for a lot of the season, um, but but nonetheless, like th- that ended up being an issue. And, and then three, uh, you know, I think they've got they're going to have to pull a couple upsets, and I think they're there to be gotten. Getting Florida State is not ideal. Getting Florida State in a foreign country, week zero. <laughs> I think is a great. Spot I agree. To get them. That's right. Because so like, many new it, faces, will, there will not be a home field advantage. A lot of new faces who have never gone through a game day with Mike Norvell, yeah. and you're doing it in Ireland, and like all of the ands around right. it. Great spot to get Florida State. So you're going to have to take advantage of some of those along the way. Um, and 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 you know when you when you look at getting Georgia State, VMI, Notre Dame, Duke, Miami, NC State at home. I think you have to have a winning record at home in order to make this thing work because you're at Louisville, at North Carolina, at Syracuse, at Virginia tech, three of those four, I think is going to be very good. And then I have no idea what to think about Syracuse. Um, so, so I think, and then at Georgia. So, so I think the the home record is going to be huge, uh, um, yeah. huge for this
0: team. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see, man. Can't wait. Always grateful for your time, brother, uh, coming on with us to talk about the yellow jackets. We appreciate you.
2: Yeah. It's always great to be on you guys. Be good.
1: again to our guy Roddy Jones for joining us to talk about Georgia Tech they do have a brutal schedule next year I know Georgia Tech fans are so tired of hearing about that it is true you do avoid Clemson play Florida State in Ireland which I think is going to be really interesting and I agree with Roddy that could be a good spot to get Florida State but they avoid the new additions SMU Cal and Stanford they're just playing traditional ACC games like Syracuse and teams like that, Mac.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love the traditional uh ACC schools here that they're playing and, and Louisville to go into that as well. So uh it, it was great, great episode. And and like you said, the, the difficult schedule is is there. I'm excited to see the jump from that three-headed monster with with you know Haynes King and, and Jamal Haynes, and then of course Eric Singleton Jr. quarterback, running back, receiver. I mean, you feel good. That that, that that's yeah. gonna be arguably, you know, one of the better you know, triple threats there in the ACC when you talk about kind of preseason stuff and where we think those guys can go. So I can't wait to see the growth there and uh, what they're going to do. So big shout out to Roddy. Thank you for joining us. Next week, guys, we're going to the Commonwealth. We're going to the Virginia schools. Virginia Tech on Monday, cannot wait. And then UVA, you'll get some love on Wednesday. Mike Barber joining us for both of those as he covers the entire state of Virginia. Uh, So he's going to break it down. That's going to be so much fun. You guys won't want to miss any of that. We appreciate you guys tuning in, but we need some more help. We need to go over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, jump on this fun journey. Love the comments, everybody diving in there, leaving some fun things, uh, some arguments. That's okay, going back and forth. We got to figure this thing out together. And of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts as well. Rate, review, subscribe. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you all.